Everything's under control. Situation normal. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this week's episode of Florida Man Plays X-Wing. I'm your host, as always, Steve Sesnick, and I'm joined to myself by the Reverend Joe Laporta. What's going on, Joe? Happy to be here. Happy to uh, do color commentary. Yeah. <laughs> and also with us this week is Dominic DiCarlo down in Tampa. What's up, man? Hey, how's it going? Doing Glad good. Doing, yeah. And we have a very special guest this week. Um, we've got Mr. Oliver Pocknell, the, our, our current world champion and who will be for at least another year. <laughs> How's it going, Ollie? <laughs> I'm doing well, I suppose. Like the virus is nice for some things, right? Yeah, right. <laughs> oh, God. But yeah, no, it's doing well, man. Doing well. Thank you. Good. Well, thanks for joining us. I know we got the time difference. So we, you know, we, we worked out a decent time to do this, but uh, we appreciate it. So, um, all right. Well, first of all, we're going to do, do the, do the usual thing here. Go around and do the beers. Joe, what do you got for, to drink to, this evening? I am, um, I am finally finishing season seven of the Clone Wars. So what I've done is I put, a very nice Devil's Harvest breakfast IPA at the front of the line, like the Jedi, you know, at the front of the fight. And then yeah. behind it, I have a bunch of clone troopers, which are being represented by a fairly large number of PBRs. <laughs> <laughs> so I feel like we're going to win this one. I like it. I like it. Uh, Dom, what do you got going on? Uh, just a standard uh, yingling. Yeah. Old uh, tried and true. I, I did the same thing. I, I was uncreative today, but uh all right, Ollie, what, what what have you got to drink? <laughs> well, I've uh, I've been drinking prosecco all afternoon because we still have some bottles left over in the fridge. So oh, yeah, nice. I'll take that. Yeah, getting fancy. Getting fancy. That's hey, I'm, I'm from the UK, so like uh, tea or sparkly wine is basically what we drink, right? Yeah. <laughs> or, or warm Actually, beer. you remind me, I have prosecco in my fridge. Oh boy. Don't make <laughs> so. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so all right well that's the drinks for the evening we're gonna we're gonna get right into it because we got a lot to talk about um you know we recently had the conquer dawn tournament just finished um in the middle of the night and we're recording on sunday evening so we're gonna talk about that and um it was obviously won by another nantex list it was another nantex on nantex final um it had its own controversies in the final which we'll we'll talk about a little bit but that's kind of little less important compared you know just to the main idea of the meta and one of the big things we wanted to talk with ollie about in general was was the current state of the meta what is you know obviously we know the nantex is kind of running the show so the the question is what do you fly against it what is what are the options that are out there um and and then in the second half of the show we're going to talk about the new wave coming out and how that might affect those options and it might provide some more counters maybe for the nantex so we'll talk about it but um, all right, so starting off with Conquer Don here, our winner was uh, Nicholas God, who um, he's from, is he from Sweden, Ollie? He is Swedish, yeah, Nicholas yeah. God Nilsson, one of the best names. Um, yeah. But yeah, he is, I mean, there is there is definitely an argument. I heard, uh, I think it was Gold Squadron making, um, that whilst, yes, the Nantex are winning, it's also these names that are at the top of the time anyway, because you had Farn win... Uh, mm -hmm. The UK one, uh, I can't remember what the name of that one was. Uh, uh, Dathomir. Dathomir, there we go. Um, I played in it, I should know. But, um, <laughs> yeah, so we had Farm winning that. We've got Nicholas God, uh, who I believe was top 32 at Worlds as well. So it's, yes. it is he the big names, there. but they are they are flying the new monster. So mm -hmm. absolutely. He also made the cut, I think, in maybe at least three of the Space Jam tournaments. Yeah. So he's, he, he's a really good player. He does his thing. Yeah. <laughs> so he was playing uh, the, the six Petronaki aces with um, Predator, 
So he kind of didn't take the crack shot and went went just all predator on it. So to get down to that 192 bid, um, which is interesting. So what, um, Ollie, what do you think about taking predator over crack shot here? Uh, I, I disagree with it. Um, I think so. The predator versus crack shot is a really interesting argument, especially considering that they're both the same points now. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's if you're gonna shoot more than twice with the predator bullseye, then I think um, predator is worth it. If you're gonna shoot once or just twice mm-hmm. uh, with the bullseye, then I think you go crack shot because the the damage is about equal over two shots. Yeah. Um, also, the crack shot allows for spike damage, which is I think what Nantex need to win. So. That'd be that'd be my my go. However, I know Nicholas quite well, and he's been flying um, Tarani Kulda uh, for maybe a year. He took it to Worlds, yeah. Um, and he is so he's be, had a lot of practice at getting bullseyes. So, as someone who's been flying initial full bullseye for probably two years in two point now, um, I can see why he took Predator because yeah. he's going to be able to maximize that. He's had the practice. Yeah, yeah, he definitely has. So the interesting one, the interesting thing about this in the final, at least, was the, the Daniel Leone, who was the runner-up. He um, he brought five Nantex with crack shot and a DBS four hundred four to get down to a one ninety bid. Um, and one of the things we've been kind of we talked about last week even was like you know how low is this bid gonna go you know over time. Mm-hmm. So you know it's pretty interesting to see like to see that obviously taking an entire Nantex out and replacing it with DBS. You know, he's still a four, so you, you kind of get that initiative. You, you can move around still easily. Um, but, you know, uh, he had some an unfortunate event happen to him in the final. I don't know. Did you actually get to see the final, Ollie? I um, I didn't get to see the final, but I've heard about this. Yeah. So he um, put his ship down and uh, during initial setup. And I think it's kind of hard to tell what happened exactly, but I think he kind of set them so that the nubs were on the uh, – yeah, if you if you place the ship down, so before the um the lock kicks in, mm-hmm. um so basically the first time that you set the dial for a ship on TTS, um the ship locks itself in whatever position it was in. It should automatically orientate itself to um zero degrees instead of like ninety or whatever. Yeah. Um but if you drop it onto something, um it will act like gravity and or it's it's like physically t- picking up your ship like two centimeters yeah. from the table and dropping it on it it's going to wiggle um so because of that it was slightly offset um i i don't know like i can see why because of the way that it that the physics worked in the engine um if it was deployed that way and if it moved that way um i can see why d said or i assume was it d d was um, the judge yeah he made the call yeah, on I, it but regardless, I, I can see why the judges, because he wouldn't have done it himself. He would have told us the others about it. Um, yeah. I can see why they decided to take the ship off the board. Because officially in the rules, if you set up your ship that close to the board edge and it flies off, you've flown the ship off the board and it's dead. Like yeah. That's how that works. Mm-hmm. Um, I can see that the players would have wanted to continue because it was clear to everyone that what the intention was. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's probably quite nice for d to be the one to make the call if you like because yeah. i know that nicholas like he's a nice guy but he's also very competitive so i'm sure like whilst whilst he did say yeah absolutely put the ship back on the board like very sporting but if d then says cool that ship is off then i'm fairly sure that he's not gonna shout too loudly to yeah. uh i mean like i i probably wouldn't like it it sucks and if it was down to me 
then yeah, they'd probably leave the ship on the board because it was clearly the intention. But if the if the judge says, well, sorry, it's got to go, then it's got to go, right? Yeah. So yeah, it's it. You know, D and D said that because he came, he was on doing the kind of commentary along with the game, um, mm. and he, you know, came back and said, you know, it really sucks. We, but you know, I, I I had to make the call. Nicholas wanted to put the ship back on the board, but I I was the one who made the call on it, and because you know, because and it's a good it's a good thing to do from a judge perspective is to is to be the be the bad guy sometimes mm, yeah because it's it's really it's crappy when the judge puts being the bad guy on the player yeah exactly um, like you so. that's the reason there is a judge you shoulder that responsibility it's not it's not for the players to work out the moral ambiguities of the game it's for the judge to say this is how it works um, yeah. and that keeps the game a lot more friendly um mm -hmm. because if it if it was on the players to make that decision then i think you get a lot more arguments when it comes down to the game itself yeah so the uh, so anyways you know the the final ended up being fairly anticlimactic because of that but um, mm. but it was the it was the call that, that had to be made. Uh, that's it's super frustrating for me because yeah. did, I mean so did um, who who are we talking about who was who was second here it Daniel, was Daniel Le Leon. Daniel Leone wasn't it so did he play any other six Nantic lists over the course of the day? I honestly don't know. I have a hard time imagining he didn't. Um, because that that would be my question is that with with the bid mm -hmm. um is i mean dbs 404 hits like an absolute truck like yeah. if you get him into range one he's gonna put some pain and he's in terms of the first that first trade he's probably fairly equivalent to an antex because he comes in and he just punches something right and if you're if you're not dealing with him then you're not dealing with him yeah. um so if you have like a ship for ship trade which normally what happens in the first engagement with antex versus antex then if you're trading 404 for another Nantex, but then you have the bid, you win the game. Yeah. Um, so it would have been interesting to see how he would have played against Nicholas, especially with um, Dan having Crackshot and mm -hmm. Nicholas having Predator. I, I feel like that would have swung it in Dan's favor. Yeah. But well, I don't know. It looks like he did play a Nantex list in the top 16. Um, okay. He, he beat a regular, I think, Crackshot version of the list. Yeah, because at some point it's a race to the bottom, right? Yeah, exactly. Well, I think the question here is, you know, how far down you can go before the Nantex list becomes unusable against the field. Mm. If if winning the you know if winning the uh, the bid is so important in the in the mirror match, but like how like when do they just get so bad that they lose they start losing to the field? I I would say that the the tipping point is when you lose too many crack shots. I can't be sure how many that would be, but I would say maybe going down to four crack shots mm -hmm. um is probably the point that it would tip over the edge yeah like if, if we're seeing here that dan can do well enough with essentially only five crack shots then yeah i, I would say that you could probably take it down to four and then you just can't push damage through against some of those aces lists yeah so yeah of the of the list the nantex list that made the cut there were five nantex lists in the cut four of them were the, the regular six nantex lists with different mm -hmm. variations of of predator and crack shot and then uh daniel's list with five and dbs now down in the top 32 um we had a, another five it looks at least five um nantex lists uh mm. one of them was four plus mall uh and then the other four were just six nantex oh god that's horrible four yeah plus mall. yeah so there there's a little bit of variation um you, you see some people try to kind of pull out some of these these different ships to kind of throw in there with them um it doesn't seem to be as effective as as just the six of them 
Um, but oh god! Oh, by the way, I, I know we're kind of getting ahead, but shout out to uh, what is it? I can't pronounce the surname, but Heath. I know he's. I know he's from Australia. Um, Casper oh, Casperonix online. I've played him a couple of times. He made top cut with Han Solo in a YT thirteen hundred. God oh, bless nice. him. God <laughs> bless him. So he's he's got the triple six scum list. He's got Dengar Han, and uh, so shout out there. But yeah. anyway, we'll get onto that a bit. Yeah. So. Yeah, just on just in the kind of the general numbers of the top 16. So you had, you know, you had the five, you had the five Nantex lists and then the other 11 lists were other things of the other 11 lists. Four of them were scum, which was the next closest to uh, to separatists. Uh, and then two of them were Empire. And then the rest of them, uh, each each other faction got one representative. So FO, mm-hmm. Rebel, Republic, Resistance in the, in the top 16. So it's. You know, obviously, Nantex is just far and away um, the best, uh, the best version of the list out there. The best, you know, the best thing in the game. It's just obvious. Mm. And then you've got uh, Scum with three different Boba lists showing up in the top sixteen: Boba Guri, yeah. Boba Nim, and Boba Fen. Uh, what do you think of um, Boba, the Boba plus something as a as a counter to the Nantex? It's uh, a good question. I mean, it's just a five. Um, Boba doesn't like crack shot. Boba doesn't like bullseye because he's a bit bigger um Mm -hmm. i feel like it comes to a situation that it i think it depends on his wingmen um if if you can take it down to a situation where you have boba against three then he wins right yeah um if they manage to herd him into a corner and kill him early then if you lose boba you're dead right Mm -hmm. i mean even Fen hates side arcs. Even a range one side arc will do damage to Fen because it's just three on four with a focus if you shoot him enough times. Yeah. Um, or like at range two. So Fen is only safe when he's jousting them and then he's taking bullseyes with crack shot and yeah, he doesn't like it. So realistically, I think if you're if you're looking at the Boba with friends, um Timo uh Rabe's list is pretty good still, the Dengar and um Dengar Boba because mm-hmm. Dengar Deng just goes in and nukes two Nantex and then Boba is probably going to kill one. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. I, th- I think, I think Boba's good. Yeah. Yeah. It seems like a decent, a decent counter. I mean, he's obviously, he's got the initiative and if, and if they're still running slave one, um, mm-hmm. being able to kind of choose your maneuver there a little bit after they do make, is going to keep you out of some of those bullseyes. I, th- I think most of the point it allows you to, pick on the ones that are attracted uh, yeah. i think it's it's just a straight up damage race with mm-hmm. with that list yeah so um the first order list that made the top 16 was kylo von Regen quick draw so mm. this is um this was an interesting one it was didn't have a lot of upgrades in it either let me see if i can pull up the exact list yeah yeah i've uh it's fun you've only got daredevil and von reg which is all he needs yeah quick draw Oh, he's got afterburners. Yeah, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. No, normally, I've been building my quick draw if I fly him as um, FCS, Special Forces Gunner, and Fanatical. Mm-hmm. But I think in this, it's better to make sure that quick draw gets the good engage, right? Yeah. Yeah, I think, um, you know, with this list, and, and you're seeing this, a lot of people going, you know, going high initiative because it's like maybe you can initiative kill some of them and you can yeah. you know moving after them you can stay out of the bullseyes maybe um it, it, that's kind of using that the ace the classic ace tactic really but it's you know this this list is is all about getting in there kind of trying probably trying to pick one off 
um, before it can shoot and staying out of some of the other arcs and, you know, quick draws yeah. and just going to get in there and punch something. And like, especially with the, uh, the fives there, if, if you can kill the one that has you in bullseye, like, cause there's normally only a couple that have you in bullseye. Yeah. Um, if you can kill that one, then that really reduces your incoming firepower. Yeah. So there was, uh, the one resistance list in here was, uh, Ray, ZZ and Tally. Um, I love that list. Yeah, it's it's good. It I've been playing that so, a lot lately. So, and I think what's really important to note here is double proton rockets. Yeah, like <laughs> that that list hits like a truck. Yeah, if if you get lucky, you kill three Nantex on the first engagement. Like, <laughs> just okay. Yeah, and that's what this one's all about. I mean, this one's all about. It's kind of the same thing as the other one, but I think even more of an alpha strike. It's just mm. I'm going to try to just blow these things up before they have a chance to do anything <laughs> yeah for sure and i think what's really cool about those a-wings um say for example ray goes in the a-wings stay at long range and you're like you're plinking and blinking and by the time ray goes down she's killed three nantex like i don't know about you but i would back two initiative five a-wings proton rockets to murder the hell out of three nantex mm-hmm. i mean it sounds like there's a common theme here we're getting the alpha strike on the nantexes and reducing the incoming firepower as priority one i mean not that it isn't yeah. always but that seems to be a real tipping point here it's if the the issue that you have and this is stop me if i'm if i'm going to go on to something that you want to talk about later after you finish analyzing results but i feel like ffg has never allowed that many three die ships into the game right the, yeah. the most that they've allowed is x-wings with five of them or or um for scum uh, the the carats. Carats, yeah yeah so you're allowed five in a list and that's that what they've done with the nantex is they've allowed six ships with three dice guns in the game and then meant they've made it so that when they're not shooting their three dice guns they're pretty much always shooting a two dice gun mm-hmm. so it kind of feels like you're playing against a tie swarm at long range yeah then when you get into close range you also get the crack shot when you eventually get your three dice gun on target yeah it feels like they attempted to balance giving you that many three dice ships by giving them drawbacks like you know obviously they're bullseye only but they really took those drawbacks and they counteracted them again with uh if the mobile if you want to if you wanted to get it get into the game design of the nantex i i've got a few things i want to say so i'll probably save that till later yeah <laughs> oh, absolutely we'll, we'll do game design of the nantex after the results here <laughs> yeah um but all right so we've got oh dom um, I know you've been playing some Ray ZZ Tally type stuff too. What what do you think about this resistance list? Um, yeah, it's funny because uh, when I've been practicing, we actually, you and I practicing, I was running a Ray two A wings with rockets. Yeah. Um, and then for some reason, I convinced myself to fly Ray Kova A instead. But I do think this is better against the Nantex for sure. Yeah. Um, I think it's just an initiative thing. It's, you know, I've seen tally pop up a lot more lately in like five, a wing lists, um, just because people are trying to get that five in there, um, just to have another ship shooting above and moving after the, uh, the Nantex. So yeah, it's, it's one thing I kind of have, I'm yeah. One thing I'm not, I'm interested in, in this list is the bid he has. Um, I mean, I know there's not a ton more stuff you can put on, uh, but uh, it does, you know, obviously he's not bidding against Nantex, right? So I guess mm-hmm. he's bidding against other fives. Um, yeah. Yeah, I just thought it was interesting. Yeah, yeah is it 190? This was Matthew Carey. He was at 194. I, I feel like the other argument as well is that most games, say for example, you're looking at the Nantex game. I don't think, I think some of them are still running on high initiative, but you're not really bidding at them for 
the initiative, but you are bidding them for rocks. Um, the other thing as well is that if Ray is going to die in a lot of games she is, what's the point in making sure you spend those action points on her? Because the two A-wings, they've got exactly what they need. Mm-hmm. Um, I I mean, you could put an EPT on one of them, but I'd, I'd be tempted to put outmaneuver on ZZ um, to just make her another points fortress, but I suppose you've got that anyway, because if you don't kill her, then she's still got that six points in the bank. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, it's it's a it's a good list, and I like I know like I was, Tom was practicing stuff some pretty similar to this, and I, I, I like it. So I, I think it, it's a decent option at least. I mean, it it obviously made it to the cut, so he probably beat a Nantex somewhere along the way. There were twenty two <laughs> lists, um, Nantex lists in the tournament total. <sighs> out of so, a total, how many? Out of like a hundred. Uh, let's see if I can what the total count of players. Uh. 100, 114. Jeez. I think, no, sorry, 124, 124. Yeah, that's 20, 20% is uh, pretty, pretty solid. Yeah, that's a, that's a lot of the field. Um, and this, and this has this been the smallest. So this one had the most Nantex lists in it, and it was the smallest of the, of these Galactic Championships so far. So, so um, the trend is definitely going one way. Yeah, it's definitely can just continually heading the other way <laughs> especially in these digital tournaments you know in these digital tournaments you don't have to own six nantex so anybody can play it and um i think the, the numbers of people playing it in in these types of tournaments is going to be much higher i'm gonna i'm gonna get onto that in a bit because yeah. after we finish with this um yeah we actually have some real life x-wing to talk about yeah we do <laughs> amazingly enough there was real x-wing that happened um so all right the other uh the the, the rebel list um that was in the cut that made top four this was drew brody running this was uh four wookies with ap5 um which i think paul heaver's been running stuff like this as well um, uh, he smashed but, me with it really <laughs> yeah it's it's video videos are available <laughs> <laughs> videos are available <laughs> so this is a uh, i mean the wookies are good and i think everybody thought they would be solid coming out of the points update um we probably haven't seen quite as much of them as we would have because of the nantex um, but it's a lot, it's just so much beef. <laughs> it's, oh, it's, it's so like, if the hilarious thing is, is that if this wasn't a, um, if the Nantex wasn't a thing, then I can guarantee you this wiki list is what everyone would be complaining about. Yes. Yes. It is. It is really good. It is obnoxious. However, it requires some really good flying. So mm-hmm. honestly, I, my opinion was that it would get absolutely dumpstered by the Nantex. Yeah. So like shout out to Drew. Yeah, I, Drew I, Drew defeated four Nantex lists in the, in this tournament with this list, which is really? and he, Yeah, and he lost he lost to one in the in the top 4. Um he lost to Nicholas. But yeah, it was crazy. I mean, to beat four of them in one tournament is is um pretty nuts. Have um have we got any videos of him doing that? Um there will be one from the top 4 gold squadron. Um, well, actually, he didn't. He didn't win the game, but you can you can see mm. the matchup at least. Um, I'd have to look back. I don't. He. I don't know if he ended up on stream at any other point. I know Dion tries to actively avoid uh, Nantex's on stream. So <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, there's yeah, yeah. So there's I that. think it's it's something that 
Yeah, there's we'll we'll get onto that. I'll carry on through this. Yeah, there's there's stuff I don't want to dive into too early. Yeah, I would like to say though that I'm glad we're not complaining about the Wookiee list though because it is unwise to upset a Wookiee. Yeah, <laughs> it is. I mean, yeah, watch let out the Wookiee win, man. Just yeah. let the Wookiee win. Just watch out for your shoulder joints. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that is terrible. This week, my my daughter actually just dislocated her shoulder on Thursday. Yeah, <laughs> oh, that that's just an odd coincidence. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um. All right. So. Uh, moving on, Empire had two different lists in the cut. Uh, one was a, a repeat of the list that was in on um, one of the lists that was in the was it in the final or the top four of Dathomir? Um, Faroff, Sloan. It was a uh, top four. Yeah, top four. That's right. Because the finals Nantex on Nantex action. Yeah, that's right. So this is an interesting list, and I think further proving that Sloan makes everything better. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so what do yeah. you, how do you feel about this one, Ollie? Uh, just Sloan is a pain. He's mm-hmm. a total pain. I think whatever you pair Sloan with, like be it aggressors, be it inter- I really like the one with the interceptors as well. Mm-hmm. But um, again, with b- being able to use stress control is big. And if you're playing against a Sloan list, be it a decimator or be it the um, uh, this version with Reapers, you you've just got to kill Sloan first. Alternatively, you have to be the coward for the entire game and kill half a ship and half a ship and then mm-hmm. run for the remainder. So I, I'm glad that it brings an archetype of swarm back into the game. Yeah. Um, that is, that is different because I feel I'm really sad that they killed off the Harana swarm. Um, yeah. I, I would have liked to see that come back. I don't, I don't agree with how aggressively priced Harana is. Um, mm-hmm. I, I quite enjoyed Ty swarms being in the game. So, it's nice that we can see Imperial Swarms like this. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it competitively, uh, I really enjoy playing against Sloan Swarms because it's a it's a fun it's a fun nut to crack. Like you have to know how to beat it and play properly. So Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. And and I think it in some ways it kind of mirrors the Nantex list a little bit because it's the aggressors give you that multi arc ship. So you, you have your and, and also kind of mirrors the Wookiees to some degree with it's you know, having as much arc as possible to, to work with. So your time on targets high and then having some sort of abilities like Crackshot and Predator and the Nantex, Sloan and this list kind of the, giving you some offensive bump to your yeah. firepower. Um, but yeah, I think it's kind of the same, you know, similar idea, but in the in the Imperial vein and kind of more of a true swarm as opposed to uh, as opposed to whatever the <laughs> this Nantex monstrosity is. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, all right, the other Imperial list. Now, this was a really interesting one. Um, <laughs> this is uh, was uh, Rogelio Hernandez, um, and he was playing Rexler Brath and Grand Inquisitor, and that was it. <laughs> I I can see why it will work. I mean, yeah. where are we? Let me, I'm just finding it down here. What what place did he come? Uh, seventh. Oh, wow. He was in tied for 16th. He was in the sixth. He lost in top 16. 16th. Yeah, yeah. 16th. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, yeah, here we go. Yeah, I mean, like Rexler, Rexler is a beastie. Yeah, I I can understand why he did well though. If he, depending on what he got matched into, I, the only thing that really takes us on well is a good ace list. Mm-hmm. And I'm I'm talking like, you you not only have to be a, a good ace list, but you have to be a good player. Yeah. Um, supernatural reflexes. Th- this is the I promise I will never die list. Um, yeah. I played something similar to this in 1.0 with Kylo with the advanced sensors and mm-hmm. nonsense. Yeah. Um, essentially, even if you kill Rexler, uh, you still have to kill 
at a 105 point Grand Inquisitor that <laughs> will never be caught if he doesn't want to. Yeah. Yeah. This, so the Grand Inquisitor in here had supernatural advanced sensors and concussion missiles. Rexler had outmaneuver advanced sensors and jamming beam. So, so these guys, they're almost impossible to block. They're, they're fives. So they're, you know, they got good initiative and um, Rexler can hit like a truck. It's and, and Inquisitor just you're not going to catch him if, like you said, nope. you, you don't. If he doesn't want to be caught, he's not getting got not getting So caught. to just just to inform people of the nonsense that is this Grand Inquisitor, it has supers and advanced sensors. Mm -hmm. So before it moves, it can do both a boost and a barrel roll. Oh yeah, if it wants <laughs> to. That's brutal. Like it is, it is utter utter nonsense. Yeah, it may as well just teleport at that point. Yeah. yeah, and because it's got the linked actions too, um, as long as you do the barrel roll off or the boost off the advanced sensors, it can barrel roll. Um, yeah, you can you you can basically barrel roll into focus and then crash, mm -hmm. just for fun. And then because it's the ground inquisitor, you just spend a force to reduce the incoming dice by one. Yeah, <laughs> it's like yep. cool. I'm I'm going to shop with two things. Nope, not anymore. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So this is a really fun one. I I wish I could have seen one of his games on stream. Um, oh yeah, that that. Hopefully there's there's something from the I might, uh, tournament. I might have to I might have to steal this. It looks yeah. fun. <laughs> I mean, to be honest with you, any two small base ships being a list in 2.0 is impressive in its own way. There's mm -hmm. there's an argument for making Rex Lucentir, um, and just making him like predator whatever Centir, and just making sure you kill 50 points for your opponent's list. Yeah, and then just you're never seen again. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I can see it. <laughs> So, all right. The um, last thing we're going to talk about here, as far as the top sixteen, is the the one Republic list that made it, which was uh, five Y wings, uh, the five of the Red Squadron bombers with ion cannon turret, proton bombs, and on three of them, two of them had dorsal turret, plasma torps, and R four astromech. Um, so this is just a straight up beef squad. Um, you know, it's got mm -hmm. some bombs in there. It's it's got a couple different tools to deal with the Nantex. It's it's hard to take them out quickly. Um, so I think that's that's kind of what this list is just there to do. Yeah, I mean, there's there Nantex can get out way of one proton bomb. If you suddenly drop three, they're going to be fairly sad. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, I have one disappointing part about this list is that it's Republican, not Resistance. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, it was flown by Samuel Dameron. Oh, it was, yeah. <laughs> I'm really only here for the jokes, well, and they're not Sam, that good. Maybe, maybe, maybe that's Poe's dad, you know? I don't know. Oh, that's true. Uh, probably grandfather. How's that? Grandfather, maybe? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I would think yeah, so. Yeah, yeah. Actually, definitely, I think his dad, his dad was in the comics at some point. I can't remember his first name. Uh, it's uh, Kaz or Kaz yeah. or something. Kaz or something like yeah, that. Yeah, he's in Destiny. Yeah. So... So yeah. So, anyways, that was those were the lists, the other lists that made the cut here. Um, which I, I'm assuming I haven't seen the 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 results are kind of locked still on the uh, on the um, TTT page, so I can't see everything. But I'm assuming a lot of these players who made the top 16 had to beat a Nantex to get there. Well, you know, it's it's hard to imagine not um, making the top 16 without facing at least one Nantex list. So, um, so yeah. So, anyways, these lists are all lists that are probably have some capability of defeating some Nantex. Um, if you, if you practice them and, and kind of fly them, fly them the right way, it's, it's at least a possibility. So, um, all right, well, let's move on to some of the kind of theory of the, of the Nantex. I know you've got some ideas on this, Ollie. So I, mm. I'm going to kind of let you, Oh, actually, you know what? Let's talk about the Italian stuff first, because I almost forgot about that. All right. 
So let's go ahead and uh, go ahead and, and, and kind of give us a, the basic rundown on the, the the live X-wing that we had happen, the Italian <laughs> Nationals, the real live on the table X-wing. <laughs> so we had, um, yeah. So we the Italian Nationals was this weekend. Um, look from the looks of the um, stuff is mostly Italians due to COVID and everything else. Uh, mm-hmm. There was a couple of our guys uh, from the one eight six that made it over from the UK. So you had Dale and Cormac, um, who a few of the international listeners probably know because they travel way too much um <laughs> and yeah so they made it over and it looks like a couple of germans and maybe poles as well um but yeah it was a it was fairly varied um and i'm what i wanted to talk about primarily was the whole oh people aren't you aren't going to see the nantex as much on table because i i disagree with it i don't okay. i don't think there's anything that stopped people from buying eight droids so i don't think there's anyone that's going to stop stop them from buying six nantex um I think the maybe quarantine will stop it a little bit, but people will beg and borrow and steal. Cause, and I mean, in this, you had 54 players and you had six Nantex mm-hmm. lists. So again, it's, it's pretty, pretty high percentages. Yeah. I mean, obviously not everywhere in the world, but here in America, we have Barnes and Noble, which has X-Wing 50% <laughs> off currently. All the time. <laughs> All, yeah. It has for like the last three months. So to play a Nantex list, if you have a friend is like $30. Yeah, I'm. I'm fairly, fairly sure that both Singapore and Australia just cried out and were suddenly silenced. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I, I do. I do legitimately feel bad about that, but I feel bad because uh, it's on sale here and Destiny is not, even though Destiny's dead. Like, oh, that's, yeah. that's depressing. <laughs> but they're, game, they're, they're on the full, same full shelf. Price, it sucks. Yeah. <laughs> no, but I think yeah. So if we if we have a look at the big the big results here, you've got. Um, was also won by Six Nantex, um, by Carlo Piano. Um, so that was the winner. Second place was um, Marco de Sorsili, uh, who went through a few Nantex lists and he he beat one in the top four to get to the final and then only lost by eight points in the final. So it was, mm. he did pretty well. Um, he was flying uh, Gran Acrista with no upgrades, um, Echo with passive and fifth, and Vader with fire controls and afterburners at one nine two points. Mm-hmm. A list that is pretty familiar because yep. um, a scrub won the world championships with Whisperer <laughs> slotted into this list in passive <laughs> census. So, yeah, it's um, it it's the obvious replacement, um, but it seems yeah. to work quite well. And Mar- Marco can fly that thing really, really well. Mm-hmm. So, um, interesting shout outs as well. Uh, Alessandro Mazzi um, was five ship re- um resistance uh who he took to the top four before he got beaten out by the nantex um alessandro ratieri uh was the other nantex in top four and then top eights you had um gabriel uh, Mur- uh muragila um which is uh we saw jared jaeger in the fireball um initiative five five uh fireball pilot uh, Nian Nam, Tally, and Zizi. So again, mm-hmm. lots of things that are hard to kill. Yeah. Um, another five ship resistance, um, Ray, Zizi, Finn, and Kova. So yeah, an- another Ray punches things. Um, and Matteo mm-hmm. Benatti with Boba, Fen, and Ketsu. So yeah, there's some, uh, there's, there's a fair bit of things. Yeah, there's some, there's some a fair bit of things. Yeah. For my own edification, because I am I am not self-deprecating here an actual scrub player. How are people playing Ray these days? Is it like the Finn Rose thing, or is it not? Uh, most of them are the Finn Rose. The one that we see here isn't. Um, okay. It was where are we? 
there we go. It's yeah, just race Falcon and that's it. Um, had the hmm. title so that she could sleep. Um, but then it means you can fit her in a four ship list. Um, mm. So I think there's there's two main ways of playing Ray at the moment. You've got Ray with four ship, uh, where you just take a bare bones, or you've got Ray with two A wings, uh, where you put yeah the fin. Rose we get the and, missiles and you get to do horrible. Yeah, things. she she just punches things yeah. really really hard. I, that actually sounds fun. I'll probably try it right. I experimented. Yeah, I experimented a fair bit with with skinny Ray and you know four ship resistance and the you know. Ray list five ship resistance list. I think that the issue is the Nantex, right? Like when you're running either yeah. the four or five ship resistance list, you have some ships that are below initiative four, right? Or at, mm. at or below initiative four. Yeah. And that's your issue, right? So, or that's part of the issue. Yeah, for sure. I think that's where the, uh, the proton rockets are the secret source because the, the list is good enough without worrying about proton rockets to beat normal stuff, right? Like you can put it into Imperial Aces and Ray will punch things. Like the A wings will just block or try not to die or whatever, um, but you're giving up a bid um, or maybe a couple of toys and Ray to make sure that you ca- can kill the Nantex. So. Yeah, it looks like the Velisto uh, went five and one, um, and the Australian ter- Australian finger quotes tournament was one ninety four. So there's a little bid there, but yeah, I mean, honestly, most um, if you have a look at bids these days, most people aren't bidding more than four points if you're aces. So. 194 to get the initiative fives with Proton Rockets moving after, say, Whisper or Grand Inquisitor. It's a really good shout. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's uh, well, because especially because the the Nantex are going so low on the bid, some mm. of the ace lists, I think, aren't caring as much about the bid because it's like, yeah. well, we're already above you anyway, so we don't really care. So, you know, I'll go up to 197 or something like yeah. that. Yeah, and you're going to need all of those toys to make sure that you can beat them. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So... All right. Well, that was uh, we had some real live X Men, which is awesome, and it feels good to know that somewhere in the world that happened. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 there. I mean, they because they were all playing with masks, and there was hand sanitizer in between mm-hmm. games and everything else. So, like, they're taking precautions, and it helps that Italy is one of the um, safest countries in Europe right now. So, yeah, they, they took had the, the opportunity. Yeah, they had to crack down so incredibly hard. Um, yeah, they did. You know, so it's uh, they they got they got good at it. <laughs> Yeah, and also I, what's what's worth noting is that is the three most recent Premier level tournaments in a row have been won by the same list. Yes. Yep. Yep. So yep, yep, that 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 should tell you where the state of the when, meta is. <laughs> when was the last time that happened? Because I'm thinking Jumpmasters or Paratani. Uh, it feels like they errated Jumpmasters so frequently that didn't even happen. My guess no, no, would be... but Jump, Jumpmasters went through three errates and still won everything. Yeah. Um, yeah, but I think Europe, they changed a couple Europe of anyway. cards. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure. They eventually <laughs> took the hole puncher to it. And <laughs> it's like, you, no more no more slot for you. What, uh, what slot did I, they take away? The... <laughs> they, they took away the astromech. Yeah, yeah that's right. <laughs> I remember um, that. That was fun. Yeah. But uh, yeah, the I, I don't know, maybe, maybe Nim Miranda? That one had a pretty ghost yeah, fan, Miranda. Maybe yeah, I, I feel know. like Nim Miranda. People changed it up enough. It wasn't exactly the same. But I, I think this is the first point because we we were almost there with like those um the three danger shuttles. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think this is the first point that we've hit hit the real boogeyman list since one I, I think this is probably the most broken list yeah. since since one point Like Boba, Boba was getting there, but at least you could fly well against him. Mm-hmm. Um, Eventually, there was. I feel like Boba won a lot, but not, not dominantly. You know, I mean, you no, got half points always, on him a lot. Or... 
there was always a lot of other lists that came in there and like it was and so this is this is the question right because this is where i wanted to get into like is is the nantex this broken is this a knee jerk reaction or should we just fly better but i th i think with the for the for the arguments that you'll you'll get against it is that okay so it's been out for not too long now it's only been relatively recently since the points change and people like i i agree with this statement is that people don't understand the nantex whatever i say to anyone that's complaining about the nantex is that you have to understand how they fly because they move completely differently to any other ship and it's something i put a lot of time and effort into understanding before i went to worlds because um sunfac was a massive problem Mm -hmm. uh, in the meta and i knew i was taking imperial aces so i had to learn how to beat it yeah. so i i beat my head against it for about 10 games in a row and worked out how it moved um and that is very fast in a straight line uh, they don't like turning corners so the way that you have to beat them is you have to put lots of asteroids scattered around the center of the board block up all the channels and then make them commit to you so mm -hmm. you, they have you have to hit them when they're turning um, because if, if you allow them to point straight at you, you have to completely disengage. Otherwise you're going to get the five forward straight. Like it's a, it's a seven straight that they have yeah. to block, to block you and you're just screwed. Yeah, for sure. I think, um, you know, I've actually played, um, Daniel Leon in a, uh, in a, the Kyber cosmic league on Tuesday. Mm. And I was, I've been kind of messing around with first order stuff. So I, I was flying, um, Kylo Von Reg and Ember and, um, I ended up, I did end up winning the game. Um, and it was, it was just like you said, I had the, I spread the rocks around and kind of kept it a pretty busy board and didn't allow for like a straight on engagement and, mm. and, and used, and it, it was all, uh, gas clouds out there. So I was using the gas clouds a lot for protection and just kind of trying to get my shot. You know, there was always one of my ships that could get an open shot basically. And I was just trying to get that shot every turn. And uh, if the other guys had to disengage or move on or whatever, they did what they had to do. But you have to be so incredibly cagey. And it's 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 just it's a really, really tough match um, with three, yeah, for you know, sure. three aces. It's um, it's super difficult. And I what I'd recommend actually is um if you search for DEFCON aces, um, as in like DEFCON one, DEFCON two, um, you can find on on Facebook, not YouTube, but they've got it and they will eventually have it on YouTube, but at the moment it's on Facebook Live. Um you can find the Italian final uh, because it was a super close game. So I'd, I'd recommend watching it if anyone wants to know how to deal with Nantex with aces. Yeah. Um, obviously, spoilers, Marco lost. But yeah, he, I think his top four might have been on there as well. Yeah. And you you did some some um, kind of demo games uh, with and against Nantex and, and put, posted those on YouTube as well. How, how did those go? Yeah. So we've been like the 186 as, as a whole has been working hard to try and solve this uh, because obviously if there's, a, if there's a big list, then as a squadron, we want to be able to deal with it and kill it, right? So, yeah. um, I've I played one against Kristoffer's uh, Jedi because uh, he's he's done pretty well. He's got to top fours in a lot of big events, um, and he knows the Jedi inside out. And I first timed the Nantex into him and just managed to beat him, which was a concern. That was fairly on in the mm -hmm. uh, in the story, um, but we we learned a few things. Like if as again, that's when we learned it was basically a damage race. Um, if you can take off a Nantex or two without losing much of return, then you can win the game. Um, and then I tried to come up with a counter to Nantex. And I'm still fairly confident that the list I'm using is a counter. Um, I got a bit unlucky in um, 
Dathomir because I ended up getting paired into Jedi twice um, and no Nantex at all for the entire day, uh, which was frustrating after. Yeah. No, that feels lucky, actually. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I didn't know. Like I've, I've, I've built the counter list, and I, I played Swarm once with Dash, and that was it. And the rest yeah. of it was either big ships or aces. So, yeah. So, um, so what was the dash? It was a dash list. Yeah. So you've got Dash with Bistan um, and Perceptive Copilot to trigger Bistan and Expert Handling, um, because Dash dislikes being stressed. So yep. if you can't find points for the Outrider title, then you want to have Expert Handling. Um, and then you've got Wedge with no upgrades and Jake with no upgrades. Mm -hmm. So Jake being the focus monkey allows, if you get it right, you can fully mod both ships yes. uh, in one turn. But yeah, he he allows um, both those ships to get fully fully modded. Um, Dash fires four dice shots twice. And Wedge just, if a Nantex is already tracked beamed, then Wedge coming in and hitting it and making it what one agility four hull ship makes it mm -hmm. pretty sad. All right, now I'm just going to say something here real quick because but, I actually practiced with this exact list right when the points came out, and I mm -hmm. want to tell Travis that I was mm -hmm. right because Ollie agrees with me that expert <laughs> oh, I'm sure he'll is, listen, yeah. Is, is better than the Outrider title. Excellent. Is the yeah. ex expert handling versus yep. trick shot than the Outrider title? Yes. It's, it's a preference, so like yeah. you can you can see that Bartosz uh, has exactly the same idea as I am, um, just done a different way. Uh, so his, his preference is to go for the full damage dash output uh which is you've you've got the uh you've got the trick shot you've got yeah. the outrider um it just it pumps out damage but the the advantage and the whole reason that i wanted to have the version that i've got is because i fully expect dash to die in a lot of my games mm -hmm. um if you're playing an aces game then he's gonna die so having the all of the extra upgrades almost baked into jake instead um that who should be still alive um after dash goes down uh in terms of winning those ace games it makes it a bit more helpful yeah okay so let's pretend that i What's have to bid ollie okay uh two points oh sorry okay. let's pretend that i have to have lunch with travis every day and i have to explain <laughs> what we just said about this so what is expert handling and why do i care <laughs> so ex expert handling means that dash can barrel roll without getting stressed so it is useless in a swarm matchup uh, well, not entirely useless, but it's mostly useless in a small matchup. Um, it's incredible against the Nantex, and it's incredible against Aces because Dash turns into the best blocker in the game. So basically, um, it opens up his dial by not. Yeah, he has he has one of the best dials in the game because he has all of the turns and all of the planks, as well as a four forward that's white. Yeah. Um, and when he has access to the barrel roll as well as the one hard for two or three turns in a row. Um, it's great, but if you stress him, he can only do one forward, two forward, or one bank, and that's it. That does yeah. suck. Okay, okay, yeah, that actually makes a lot of sense. Thank you. And the other, the, the other thing too with the title is that the title is nice because you can run over. A, the title an is obstacle, very expensive, but it's very expensive, and you can run over an obstacle to remove the stress. But that also kind of limits your dial in the sense that you have to aim at an obstacle. Yeah. the um, The other fun thing, which I didn't realize for a long time with the dial, is it's it's red tokens, so you can remove enemy target logs. Yes. Yeah. That too. That, that's another great benefit of it. Um, yeah, there's so yeah. um there's there's a question that I've got in my head whether because how many times do you need really really need to barrel roll, um in a game right? So is there an argument because Dash can take a contraband slot? Mm -hmm. um, is there an argument for putting the contraband cybernetics on him and running on two hundred points and then you can fit trick shot instead of expert handling? Um, I think there could be yeah for sure. I mean so, I I like the expert yeah. handling because it it. I did like doing being able to do the barrel rolls kind of 
as as I wanted to do them. And mostly it was a range control thing. It's because yeah, it's just like Dash because you know Dash doesn't want to be in range one. He wants to get his two and three shots, and that's really kind of why I liked it. And it also made the list cheap enough to get Wedge and Jake. And that's that's the reason I liked it was having three ships. I didn't really yeah. Like you need all the you need the three ship list. Yeah. I mean, if if you're going for the two ship, then you can have a completely tooled up Luke, which will just die. Um, I saw someone flying it with Wedge, which was uh, ambitious. I think is the best way of putting that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I like what yeah. I like what Bartosz. <laughs> I like what Bartosz has done, and he's paired it with a Ghost. The yeah. I was considering pairing it with Lando because that's yeah. that's a pretty good pairing. Yep. Yeah. I would yep. point out to Dom the last time I played in a live tournament, I played Wedge in a two ship list, but that would invalidate everything else I ever say. <laughs> <laughs> I lost the first four games by less than ten total. <laughs> so, My wow. proudest moment. <laughs> uh, so, and now I'm gonna go ahead and mute myself now. Let me go. <laughs> Did you have a question, Dom? No, I was just gonna kind of bring it back around to the like the overall point. Not not to say you know the dash conversation is really interesting, but I guess like if our if our general conversation is about, you know, what do we really think about the Nantex? You know, I mean, isn't this the definition of an oppressive boogeyman list? If yeah, yes, of course you can design specifically design counters, but you can't. There's really no list that is strong enough against the field and against the Nantex. And that is that is you know, the and the, and the, the lists that are the best, yeah, mm-hmm, for sure. That's that's what I'm super concerned about because. If anyone was still playing back in 1.0, and this is when I just started getting into competitive X-Wing, you had the rock, paper, scissors meta in the worst that it's ever been in terms of Fat Han, the original Phantom, and Tie Swarms, where if you weren't flying one of those, you weren't going to do well. And if you came up against the counter, then you just lost. Because um, Han couldn't beat Tie Swarms, and Phantoms can beat Han. And I feel like we're getting this situation here with... Um, the Imperial Aces, or just Aces in general, the Nantex and the Nantex Counters, where the Aces beat the Nantex Counters, the Nantex beat the Aces. Um, yeah, it's, you don't get, you and you can't, the Nantex Counters can't kill the Nantex in the cut because the Aces have already knocked them out by the time they get there. Yeah. Um, yeah, it, and again, as you're saying, like the game design there is, that it isn't a good game design if, if, if the list isn't st- uh, if the list isn't introduced to be stable, because I feel like the Nantex list is it's good at too many things because it can outjoust the jousty lists and it has the best ball positioning in the entire game because it just controls so much area. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think the the Nantex swarm in, in particular is it, it's a swarm. It's a swarm that kills swarms. I mean, it, it mm. is just hand built to just destroy other swarms <laughs> like your standard separatist swarms and 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 any other kind of swarm list for the most part is going to have a really, really hard time against this thing. Cause it's just going to joust it and it's going to just blow things up before they can shoot. <laughs> That's yep. all there is to it. So, yeah, it's, so as far as the, you know, we talked, we kind of talked about this a little bit earlier, kind of mentioned it, but you know, how do you, what, what do you, what do you think needs to be done about the Nantex? Is it just a points change back um, or back up a little bit or, <sighs> or what, what, what do you think about, about just that from a design concept? Well, I think the, the most important thing to look at is that if you have a look at um, Ryan Fleming, Reinhardt, um, I didn't know this, but he told me today that the Nantex list has got cheaper by 48 points. Mm-hmm. That That's an idea of how 
like yeah before the points change it was a 248 point list yeah so that is that that's a thing yeah Um, and that's including uh crack shot because remember crack shot was only one point before the points Mm -hmm. change so that that gives you an idea of just how much cheaper these things have have got so i think definitely the the points change didn't really understand the effect of of doing that like they thought okay let's let's price the nantex cheaper but you have to be so careful with a ship that's spammable mm-hmm. because if you make it a single point cheaper but there's six of them then that makes a massive difference yeah well i think um, it's especially at the initiative level too you just because you look mm. at the, the two basic ones and they're initiative three and four it's not like it's oh, a one yeah. and a two or a, or a two or a two and a three or something like that like they're high it's, initiative it's meant to be an ace. It shouldn't. It shouldn't be. It shouldn't be a spammable ship. Yeah. Um, and there's there's an argument that at some point, it's okay for one or two of the pilots on every ship to not be flyable, right? Mm-hmm. Um, if if they will break the game, if you get them to the point where they are usable competitively, then leave them that it's fun for casual and allow that ship to have an archetype that works. So like, it has the ace archetype, like. You have Chertek, you have Gorgol, you have Sunfak. They each have their own jobs with the tractor beam and with ensnare, and that's fine. Mm-hmm. Like you don't need the generic to be I, that good. And I think high initiative generics actually kind of suffer from this in general, right? It's not just the Petronaki Aces, right? They don't get played or they're broken. <laughs> Most <laughs> yeah. part. I mean there are exceptions, but you know. Yeah. <laughs> they are intrinsically difficult to balance. Yeah, they yeah. really are. Well, you look at like the, uh, and this I kind of just put as a as a bit of a comp to the to the um, Petronaki, and not 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 really, but just in some ways. But you look at the Saber Squadron Ace, the Tie Interceptor. Hmm. That thing's thirty six points. It's six points more than an Antax Petronaki Ace. Um, what, like on what planet would you pay six points more for this ship compared to that to the Petronaki? You know. Yeah, but again, with the previous points changes, FFG have showed that they're not quite they are i'm i don't know like i'm not a games designer so i don't want to start like throwing stones in glass houses like i i I don't know too much about this but i certainly like i play tested for a little while um so i've at least got some experience of how to appropriately cost these things and if you have a look at the sick and the droid swarms from the previous uh points changes right the sick with a tractor beam is what the 28 points mm-hmm. and a sick with an ion cannon is 31 same yeah. same argument you get one more point of hull you get a three dice or a four dice gun at range one it's just it didn't do damage it just tra- tractor beam damage why would you spend however many more points on initiative four because because remember you're paying you're paying for initiative four pilot yes but yeah, initiative one versus initiative four, the chassis is just that much better. It just seems mm-hmm. seems nonsense. Yeah. And then then with the Nantex, why make the Nantex the same what what are they basic? Thirty one? No, they're the twenty eight, I think, is the, the So for the same one. for the same price as a tractor beam sick, you have a side arc, you have the bullseye arc, you have three more points of initiative. Yeah, it's just yeah. why is that thing that cheap? Well it's Gorgle. Gorgle is twenty eight. And he's actually in initiative two. So the Stogas yeah. and Hive Guard's 29 at initiative three, and the Petronaki, it's 30 at initiative four. Yeah, it's, eh, no. Yeah, it's, uh, it, it is a steep, and, uh, 
And it's a chassis where higher initiative is particularly rewarded. Mm-hmm. Because bullseye. Because yeah. of the tur- between the turret and the and the movement, right? Yeah, well, exactly. And bullseye, right? Literally everything about the chassis rewards the higher initiative. So yeah. the, the fact yeah. that it's such a small points increase for the initiative is insane. Yeah, and but beyond... So... Sorry, I was, I was just going to say it's so difficult to um, force and bullseye arcs are two things that people have no idea how to points cost. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's tough to it's tough to do that. I mean, we've seen it with with a lot of the different upgrades out there that they kind of focus on bullseye stuff. Obviously, crack shot it finally kind of went up a point. I think people have been expecting it to go up for a while now. It's it's mm. it, they finally kind of did it. Um, so you got you know some bullseye stuff is really good. Some like crack shot. Some of it's kind of so so. It just depends. But um, but yeah, it's it's a hard thing to to do because it is um, it is so. Well, one, it's a, it helps from being a higher initiative. So anything bullseye related on higher initiative stuff is going to be more effective because of an easier time lining it up. And then it's also somewhat play skill oriented because, you know, how well you can actually line up those bullseyes um, is a big difference in how much um, effect you get out of that, that upgrade or that effect. I would argue that the turret on almost anything is also difficult to do cost mm-hmm. because I think there's an inclination to overcost it on fat base ships like the decimator or the falcon or you know things i like mm-hmm. whereas they undercost it on things like the nantex where there's definitely an advantage to having mobile arcs on six ships as opposed to one it's a necessity on a big fat ship that has to fire every round it's a bonus on a small base ship like this which you can have yeah six mobile arcs of <laughs> yeah you know what i mean it's like I, yeah. They seem to be like, well, it's, you know, it shouldn't cost that much. It only does two damage. Like, well, yeah, but you have six of them. Yeah, and it's yeah. also being able to turn them for free. I mean, I know you're taking a, a, a negative token, the tractor token for it, but you're also using that tractor token for a reposition, and you're getting to spin them however you want, really. So it's that that's a that makes a huge difference compared to like your normal fat ship turrets that actually have to use the rotate action. Yeah, I. I, one of the things that come out, comes out of this for me is I feel really, really sorry for people who like generics, right? Yeah. Because aces have been the best archetype in the game for however many years. And as soon as generics come in, um, one, everyone complains about them, but two, they get smacked down by, because like, look at all the six and stuff. Like it was hard to win with aces against that list, but you could. Yeah. Um, and same with the droids. And like Rebel Weave came in for a little while and then Imperials just smacked them out down. I just, I feel, I feel super bad for those, those plucky little pilots that love their generic flying because there's always the new boogeyman and it always seems like they get shafted, whatever happens. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. (laughs) So yeah, it's, it it is kind of an unfortunate state of affairs for that. I mean, and like you said, it's, it's tough with the generics and um, because it's either, a good swarm or it's not and the mm. mid the mid-range generics are even in a weirder position yeah so um you know but you can see where what happens when you make them too cheap and this is what we've seen here with the the petronaki yeah this is why you can't have nice things yep <laughs> all right do we got anything any last words to say on the um the kind of current meta state or the pet or the the nantexes in general before we hit the halftime Nope. No. <laughs> I think, I think I think it's the silence nope. is the answer. Yeah. Yes. So, 
All right. Well, we will send it over to the Florida News Desk, and we will be back in just a minute. This week in Florida, a bare-breasted woman wearing only bikini bottoms was observed by security cameras vandalizing a Florida McDonald's. In the video, which has since gone viral, the woman is seen shoving cash registers to the floor, overturning a drinks dispenser, and throwing items at staff before helping herself to some ice cream. Sandra Suarez, 41, entered the McDonald's in Pinellas Park on Florida's west coast, and when an employee asked her to put on some clothes, she refused and became destructive, according to a police report obtained by the Tampa Bay Times. She destroys it, Pinellas Park Police Spokesman Sergeant Adam Geisenberger told the newspaper. You name it, she's turning it over. The police report said she caused about $10,000 in damage. Suarez was taken to a local hospital and was charged with felony criminal mischief and resisting arrest. Hey, everybody. Welcome back for the second half of Florida Man Plays X-Wing. And uh, we're going to talk a little bit about the upcoming wave coming out uh, at the end of this week on the 25th. And we just wanted to, to kind of go over a little bit of some of the stuff we're excited for. We've, we've covered the wave and we covered the articles already in past episodes, but, um, you know, kind of more in relation to this, to the, to the Nantex and, and to the current meta and whether or not we think it'll have any impact. So um, we shall see. But uh, obviously we don't have points yet. So this is a fair bit of conjecture, but just based on the cards themselves and, and kind of what abilities um, are coming out. So the first one I want to talk about is the Zai shuttle um, for the first order. And I think there's some really, really good stuff in here. And I think there is some stuff that can have some interesting impact on the um, the current meta. So we'll kind of go over that. Let's start with um, Agent Terex here. Um, Ollie, what do you think about Agent Terex? Uh, I am so super excited for this card. Uh, everyone knows that force points are amazing. This is a force point per turn for free for three turns and then you get to do it as an action or you get to jam someone mm -hmm. so it's like what's not to love uh yeah. my feeling about this card is it makes blackout playable yes um, but i think that there's a lot of people that are going to find some fun little uses for him um yeah i i think using him sparingly when you absolutely need him is going to be like you would normally use force right um, mm -hmm. i feel like that's going to be the key yeah um but yeah, I'm I'm kind of excited. It should be good. Yeah, I mean, I kind of see it as, you know, it's obviously not Palpatine, but kind of like that. And it's you bring them in there and I'd probably save save those calculates for a little bit. I'm not going to hand them out immediately and flip over the card yet. And, um, you know, wait, you know, use those calculates calculates as needed. And then later in the game, you get to flip this over and you, you get, you know, you, you're maybe jamming stuff at range three, which is just a fantastic bonus. Um, yes. I, you know, I just love that. And then also the, the ship. Yeah, Go sorry, ahead. Kerry. I was just going to say Hondo. Also excited for that, even though it's not on the present one. Yes. Woo -woo! Yeah. yeah, Hondo, I believe, I believe Hondo comes with the Django Fett ship, which I think is in the third stuff set wave, basically. The, the one that comes out in November. I think that's what it's on. I believe um, when Honda comes into the game, I'm going to start playing again. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I, I mean, this is awesome. The, the ship itself also has a jam action, which is really, really good. I, I played a lot of, um, of Vermeil, uh, Vermeil Sunter Vader, um, kind of uh, about a year and a half ago. And that jam action on Vermeil was so clutch, and it came in handy so many times. So I, I really like having having a ship in that kind of an a squad with with the jam action um how do, you, how do you feel about about that ollie oh like yeah um i think the the jam action is really really underrated normally what happens is that 
it's much more effective to just take your own actions instead of jamming another ship. Yeah. Um, it comes in so rarely. But if you have a, a dedicated support ship whose job it is to get, uh, basically just be an, as annoying as possible um, and force your opponent to focus on it, I think it's perfect for the role. Um, I think because you, oh, you you have to roll, don't you? You're not sure which, which You're not happens. sure whether or not you're going to get it on Terex at least. Yeah. yeah, I think that's that's the that's the one disadvantage of it. But if I I don't think it's ever a bad thing to to jam. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I feel like in most situations it's really good. I I do wonder if if you have a look at um Palob's rise to glory and then swift fall as soon as force appeared. Um, I do wonder whether that will be the case, which is a problem. But I also think that. Um, jam tokens are better than stealing focus tokens because a lot of the time ship with force are wanting to take target locks. So stopping people from taking target locks is incredibly useful. Stopping people from getting that defensive token is great. So yeah, yeah I, I like it a lot. I know I got to the point I played, a, I played, I played with, you know, Vermeil a lot for, for a while. And, um, I got to the point where the jam action really became a very integral part of my game plan against certain matchups. Mm. um it, it was actually it was because i was playing that during the um the phantom uh meta mm. and mm. it was really really helpful against the phantoms um it'd be a shame if you couldn't recloak yeah right and also it was incredible because like uh you know i had a, i had a bid on him so so basically and vermeil being at a four i would just um take initiative and block them and um so block so basically run in jam somebody block up the whole thing. So essentially they're losing like five actions just because, you know, like, which I did to somebody one time, I blocked all four of them in one <laughs> for meal and took five actions from them in, oh, in one turn. So good. And, and then immediately killed the phantom that turn. And, you know, the game was easy after that, but that's, you know, so I think that jam action is a great, great action. Um, it's a really good tactical action. You know, it's one of those things that when used in the right spots in the right places is super effective. So um, I'm excited that the ship has it on here as a white, as a, as a white action. So um, so the other stuff coming on this uh, in here is um, Gideon Hask and Commander Malaris, which I think are going to be two huge ships for um, First Order Swarms. Um they kind of give you some really, really interesting stuff. And just to kind of review this, Commander Malaris is while a friendly ship at range zero to two performs a primary attack. If it has one or more blank results, that ship must gain a strain token to re-roll one blank result if able. Um, so this is like a range zero to two how runner effect, essentially. Um, hmm. So that's, you know, what I, I think this is going to be pretty awesome with a bunch of uh, a bunch of the first order ties, right? Oh, there's there's so many different ships in in that faction to use it with. I mean, even the big shuttles will that will come in really handy for. Yeah. Um. I mean, you have SFs. You have. I I can see a really nice mix swarm going mm-hmm. on here, with some some SFs, some FOs. Um. Yeah. He, he's just everyone loves three rolls. Yeah. Good around. Yeah, and and the kind of the cool thing about this is because of the timing of it when you receive that strain token. If you're flying this with a bunch of the um with the basic FOs, which I think are initiative one. I didn't even consider that the fact that the strain is going to happen and then they have blue hard turns. Yeah. So those Epsilon cadets at initiative one don't have to take that strain. And I mean, unless they're fine, you know, like they're, they don't have to take that strain. It's a meaningless strain for the most part. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Because unless they're K turning. Yeah. And again, they, they've got a stress and a strain and they're behind 
that they're behind you, so they're probably going to clear both next turn anyway. Yeah. Oh, jeez. Yep. That's like consequences zero. Yep. So uh, I think Malaris is going to be really good for first order swarms and but, and, and first order tie salads. If, if you okay, now here's 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 the here's the thing. I mean, if this is why I try not to do too much of this building before the points come out because yeah. we all know how expensive Harrowner is. So how expensive is the ship going to be? Yeah, I mean it's it fits a different it's a, like a different class though because like so I've been kind of comparing this thing to the Lambda shuttle. And, you know, how much is this? I, I've just looking at the chassis. So it's two attack dice out the front. It doesn't have a rear arc. It does have two defense dice instead of one, but it only has seven health instead of 10. Um, the actions, I think, are, I don't know, they're a little weird. They're probably fairly comparable to focus, a red lock, a red coordinate, and a white jam. So the coordinate and jam are kind of flip flopped, and it has a lock, but it's red. Um, so it's a little weird, but I think it's got to be cheaper than the Lambda, right? I mean, I don't know how it's more. How yeah, because I mean, my my looking at it is that it's it's fairly similar to because it's got two agility, right? But it's got what is this thing? Ten health. Seven. So seven health, two agility. So it's yeah. fairly comparable to Drea in a Y wing. Yeah. Um, and I'd say with a range two bubble as opposed to in arc, their abilities are actually very very similar. Yeah. Um, Drea is forty nine base plus turret is fifty one. So I'd I'd say that you're looking around the fifty point mark for this ship. For, I could see that for right, and that's why you say. Go ahead. Oh, that's what I was going to say. Is like the the points. Then the exact points become super important, right? Like mm -hmm. if you're running with a, you know, if you're running with a initiative one fo uh, tie swarm, right? You know, we know you yep. can fit eight. So if it's above fifty, mm -hmm. suddenly you have to drop three. Yes. Which is huge. Yeah. And if so, if we have a look at the comparable ships, I mean, you've got Sinker. Sinker is nine hull, one agility, medium base, um, and has basically the same ability, uh, 54 points. Drea, uh, again, comparable, 52, uh, 52 when she was originally point costed before the doors went down. Yeah. Um, and then if you have a look at, I mean, even like, look at Harunner. Harunner is what, 43 points? Let me just get her up. 46 there we go so three hull three agility 46 points just for a range one bubble so i can't see this being less than 50 um which means that this is why i say the salad because i think five fo's is probably not good enough if you could have six that'd be amazing yeah i agree totally agree totally agree yep yeah so it, the point cost on this is going to be super super interesting i think anything over 50 and it's it's a little it, it kind of takes it down a notch um 50 or less because then i think you can still get six fo's in there hmm. um is i mean is if it's something. 50 or less it's just stupidly good yeah yeah i think so, so yeah so that's probably the demarcation point for for malaris um you know i think the um the basic version of the ship is going to be pretty cheap um but you're going to pay a premium for the malaris ability um all right so gideon hask is the other one malaris is also mm -hmm. a five by the way um, five initial. Oh gosh, yes. He's. Yeah. He, I, I'm going to call sixty points. Sixty. All right. That that would be my my ballpark. I'll say, Jenden's forty nine. Right. Jenden's forty nine. Damn. I'll, I'll say fifty two. I'll go with fifty two. But <laughs> you you are ambitious. Fifty six. Fifty six. Fifty six. I'm calling fifty six. All right. All right. Uh, I'm going to owe one of you a beer. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, we'll, we'll take, take you up on that world in two years. <laughs> um, all right. Gideon Hask, uh, the other one on here. So while you or a friendly small ship at zero to two performs a primary attack against a damaged defender, if the attacker rolled two or fewer attack dice, it may gain a strain token to roll one additional attack die. Um, so this is, you know, it's kind of playing off of the Gideon ability from the empire. You know, when it, it only works when you're shooting at a ship that's already damaged, um, mm -hmm. but you're getting extra dice. And it's kind of the same thing. It's you gain the strain token at that point. Um, so on the lower initiative stuff, it's it's kind of meaningless. Um, and it's also kind of limited to smaller things because it's um, it has the the attacker can only roll two attack dice at most in order to get this buff. Yeah. So um, I I think Gideon is really good. I think it's not maybe not quite as good as Malaris. Um, but it's a, but it's definitely a strong ability, and, and this this one could be more interesting with like SFs. Yeah, I agree with that. I agree with that. I think uh, yeah, there's there's a lot of cool upgrades for the FO coming. Yeah, I'm I'm just super excited to see how much how much this gives it because what one of the reasons I'm excited for the shuttle itself is because. The FO hasn't had a cheap crew carrier, but they've had some of the best crew in the game. Yes. So I'm I'm curious to see something like Gideon and Malarus when paired, because I mean, on their own, they're pretty effective gunboats. Like Gideon's ability is great. Mm -hmm. Mal Malarus' ability is great. Um, I mean, imagine pairing one of those with, with one of the big shuttles. Mm -hmm. It'd be pretty fun, as well yeah. as like some basic spuds. Yeah. And uh, the last thing out of this article I, I wanted to bring up here was the sensor buoy suite. Um, because it's it's free actions basically so mm. uh the sensor buoys set up uh before placing forces you place two sensor buoy remotes beyond range two of any edge of the board uh before you engage you may acquire a lock on a ship at range zero to one of a friendly sensor buoy ignoring range restrictions so it's just free actions um obviously it's a remote that's sitting out there that people can shoot i don't know if it's going to be movable they haven't spoiled that yet whether or not it has any sort of movement uh, mechanic to it like the uh, dark one probe droids or anything like that hmm. so that that's going to kind of greatly affect it but um this could be a really really interesting just for setting up obviously just setting up target locks um i think it's uh it's pretty rad so what what do you uh what anybody got any thoughts on the sensor buoy um apart from the fact that i'm gonna get grumpy and you should call it a boy yes oh okay <laughs> <laughs> God, no, sorry, I, I, I can't. Like, is the is the Englishman um, in the room? I can't sit fine. there and not say it. You can do it. I don't care. It's fine. <laughs> oh, oh, we're being polite. Oh uh, shit! I um, think mm, so. Yeah. We got <laughs> colonialism. Yes. Yes. <laughs> ah, um, I don't know. Like, I droids are uh, the droid ones are really good, right? Mm -hmm. So then they're ridiculous I, because. I, I think yeah. we got an image of this, right, with the token where it doesn't have nubs. If I want, I, someone could correct me if I'm wrong. I think you're right. Yeah, I, I don't, don't think, think it has token. movement nubs, which makes me inclined to think it will not move. That's yeah, my that's guess. The right, you know, for what it's does worth. it does it matter if you? So, for the for those of you that can't visualize a mat, um, if if you have thank you, if if you have something at the center of a range of a range one bubble, it's actually pretty big, right? So what are, we, what are we looking at? The the exact wording is, yeah, place two of them beyond range two of any edge, which means you can put it at two and two in the corner. 
Um, now anything at zero to one of that. So if you if you go, okay, my opponent is setting up in, in one of the corners because that's how it works. Normally everyone sets up in a corner. Um, so if you go, cool, I'm going to place two of these things um, pretty much at range three up up the side of one board and range three up the side of the other board. It doesn't matter which way your opponent goes unless he literally hugs the edge of the board all the way up. Mm-hmm. He's um, one of those engagement turns, like over the, the first couple of turns of the game, he is going to be at range one of one of those things. So most of your list then gets a target lock for free before they even do anything um it's it's huge if yeah. if you if you get used to setting them up correctly essentially what this means is the entirety of your list will get a target lock on at least one of your opponent's ships well i'm wondering now is this ship is this limited to just the ship that's carrying it that's the question um before you engage you may yeah it's just the ship that's carrying it so yeah. again this depends entirely on points and it requires a text slot and it's medium oh, or large Jesus. ship only. I just so realized that mean, it's got a lot of restrictions. Is it? Is it? And it? How many? Wait. Wait. So there's a couple of things here. Before you engage, you may require a lock. Yes. So you engage every single turn. Fun mm-hmm. fact. So yeah. you can do this any turn. Yes. Um, but also it's a free action. Mm-hmm. So if it's not limited to the ship that's carrying it, and say for example you're you have a list of like three or four of these little shells mm-hmm. like first order couriers or whatever yeah with the sensors then you can scatter eight of these sensors across the table yes well it's also oh it's also unique it's a one dot it's a oh, one dot is it, it was one dot sorry i'm, I'm yeah. looking at yasby i don't see oh that's that's better than that's fine yeah yeah in which case it would be okay to have it as everyone can take a lock on it i think it's you're just like asteroids most people are going to be bad at using these but the mm. people that are good at using these are going to be very very annoying i can see this being extremely good on uh on an upsilon um mm. like tabson or something just giving oh, him God. giving him that target lock for free <laughs> like yeah, sure like how dirty is that so yeah that 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 could be i mean depend this is going to depend on cost it's got a lot of restrictions to it so i i could see it being fairly cheap but um but we'll see so that's that's an interesting one. Um, I don't know how much it's going to affect the the current meta, but um, but yeah, it's 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 one to look out for down the line because it, it it's got some kind of cool corner case uses, I think. So all right, well that's uh, that's I think what we'll talk about. Here. Is there anything in this that that we think will have kind of a, a direct impact on release day? Um. I think you're going to see an awful lot of the Z shuttle. Um, I think it's going to take a little while for people to work out exactly how to use it. I mm-hmm. think um, I've got a couple of ideas, but I think someone is going to figure out something absolutely filthy with the existing crew, yeah. as well as some of the present Z shuttles. I think this is this is what the First Order needs to take it from just an ace uh, an ace faction, really, mm-hmm. or like those edge lists with the... Um, like the five homing homing missiles, yeah, or the or the Focho, I think this ship will be what brings the first order into being a really really competitive faction. Um, yes, but yeah, I think watch out for Terex. You're going to see him everywhere. Yeah, uh, watch out for. I'm I'm curious to see because it doesn't. You're not limited to how many strain tokens you take. So I think we're going to see maybe two of those little shuttles, um, like Gideon and Malarus, mm-hmm. and like four FOs, if that fits. Yeah. 
So yeah, there's a couple of there's a couple of things I've got my eye on, but I'm you're going to see the shuttle. It's going to be a thing. Um, expect it in numbers. Yeah, yeah. I think it's a really. I I, I totally agree. I think it completely is going to transform first order and, and give it so many more options. The Upsilon was always just too expensive um, to be really that support ship that that the, the faction needed. So. Um, all right. Well, moving on to the uh, HMP droid gunship, um, another separatist ship. Uh, do we think this? Uh, we got the, so the side slip. Um, this is a really kind of confusing, <laughs> confusing uh, mechanic, I think, or is turning into I, one. I don't know. That's I. I can see why people are confused, but it makes sense to me because the ship rotates in the way that the arrow is pointing. Yeah. Yeah, I get it. I, I get it. But I think it came out, it came kind of came out of left field for people, like having yeah. to think about the fact that when you put in a left maneuver, you actually have to move to the right. Like Yeah. 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 yeah I, I think it it would have been confusing either way they did it. And I, I think yeah, this for is sure. fine. Yeah. People will get used to it. Yeah. Um so the side slip ability is really interesting in general. Um, you know, obviously it's just more kind of movement shenanigans and um it's basically like, you know, like echo decloak kind of thing. Hmm. Um, if you really want to boil it down that way, except it can't go backwards. It, ha- it can only turn inwards towards, towards itself, I guess. But, um, I mean, it's a, it's, it's a blue maneuver, right? Uh, it's any, it's any, um, bank or turn maneuver. Oh, wow. Okay. So immediately becomes side slip. Yeah. Yeah. So you, you, so the repulsor lift stabilizer. So when you equip the side face up, you reduce, or you start off with it face up, reduce the difficulty of your straight maneuvers. After you fully execute a maneuver, you may flip the card. Yep. Then on the reverse side, after you re- reveal a bank or turn maneuver, you must perform that maneuver as a side slip, then flip the card. After you fully execute a non-side slip maneuver, you may flip this card. So basically, okay. if you don't do a side slip and you just go straight when they're active, you can decide to flip it back over or leave it. That makes um, sense. So yeah. you may, so basically you choose, so you give your opponent advanced warning of the turn that you're going to move sideways yes. because you you flip that card but then it's only when you reveal another bank maneuver that you do it sideways yeah bank or turn or oh turn my yeah days yeah so the the article yeah the article doesn't prepare you for the nonsense that is mm-hmm. a hard one side slip yeah exactly <laughs> oh no it i think not. it's it's worth know, noting it's, that it's got oh god it's got a it's got a white three turn oh dear <laughs> <laughs> it was worth noting that ali said earlier that the the Nantex has a strange flight pattern, and it's almost becoming mm-hmm. it's almost becoming a part of the faction identity of CIS that you have droid starfighters that can land on things. You have the Nantex that has its strange flight patterns, and then on top of that, you have this thing which does weird side slip things. Yeah, I mean the droids move in a way that is completely weird because the fact that they're blues, their their banks aren't blue. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's I only agree. turns, right? Yeah, I agree with that. So it becomes this weird thing where CIS is that the is that what we call it? Yeah, that's it's fine. not CSI. Okay, um, they almost their faction identity is punishing people that don't understand how they work. They become sort of a gatekeeper for the meta. Uh, yeah, I think it, they're more of a gatekeeper for tournament play. The separatists at this point, you need yeah. to yeah. you need to have put in enough reps to be able to play against it. You have it's to understand a, their lists. Like it's the, an odd part of their faction identity to have that be a thing. Yeah. Um, the other thing too is the ship has a 180 degree arc front arc, so it can do these crazy side slip maneuvers with that massive arc mm. as well. 
Yeah, that's um, kind of fun. But only only a two dice. I mean, I say only a two dice. Yeah. We've just experienced the nonsense that is a 180 degree arc with a two dice. So yeah. It <laughs> but on I points. suspect it'll cannon a lot. I don't know. Maybe it won't, depending on the points, but yeah fun i mean it's interesting yeah i mean it's got some other stuff coming with it that's that is very much built for it like the multi-missile pod um technically so it's a double missile slot which so it can be used on other stuff i don't know that it will as much i think it's kind of really built for this thing um and it's another two die 180 degree arc range one to two five charges um but for every Basically, you can spend a charge to add dice for the the tighter the arc is. So if it's mm. at the if it's on the one eighty edges and in, in like the forty five degree on either side, you can only do two dice. If it's in your normal ninety, you can spend another charge to do three dice. And if it's in your bullseye, you can spend two charges to do two more dice. Yeah, if you if you nail that bullseye, then basically you get a four dice cannon. Yeah, and I think the side slip actually makes nailing that bullseye probably easier. Um, yeah, for sure. I mean, I've again with the. It always seems to be this way with the droid list. What I'm, I am super excited for, is some of the uh, that that new tech droid, which uh, I'm just looking at now. Kalani. So yeah. So, um, just just reading it. Essentially, if an enemy ship lands in your bullseye, you get to three of your ships per round. Um, enemy ship lands in their bullseye. They gain a stress token, but also a target lock. Mm-hmm. So if you're moving first, and say for example you have a load of plasma torpedoes, uh, it seems pretty good. Yeah, yeah. And we've already seen how good the bombardment drones can be with plasma torps, um, mm. and it's yeah, it's pretty nasty. And the crazy thing about this one is it's a tr- it's a triple recurring yeah, charge. Yeah, it so regens it, three every turn. It's nuts. So it, it also adds that calculate action. So it's kind of Oh boy! Yeah, so it's it's huh. it's interesting. Um, so yeah, I think Kalani's good. I think these these stabilizers, the repulsor stabilizers, side this whole side slip thing is going to be really interesting. Um, it'd be interesting to see what these stabilizers cost, um, yeah. if they are an extra like an extra cost for the ship, or I, I imagine they kind of have to be. They seem pretty good to to not cost something. Um, I feel like this one's going to be the sleeper hit. Like no one's, no one really knows what it's going to do, and it's just going to come in and like dumpster people yeah. before they get used to it. Yeah. Um, the other um, interesting cannon that they're coming with is a double cannon slot, the sync laser cannons, which I think these things are are just custom built for this guy. Um, so attack. If you were calculating, the defender does not apply the range bonus. It's range mm. two to three, three dice. Because these these come with the um, the tie brute as well. They do, yeah. And the tie brute has those has all those uh, has access to calculate through some of the config. Yeah, so. it does. It does. That's um, fun. So so this is a are really these, good cannon. Are these what other ships have two cannon slots? Uh, Igs and B wings. And B wings. Oh, B. Oh, nah, it's not no. No calculate. B-wings. Yeah, it'll be, be good on Igs though. I think Joe, you were talking about that the other <sighs> the other day, right? I was talking about that at length. Yeah. <laughs> will it? Will it? Will it? I is so okay. Hear me out. Yeah. These things are fun, and not giving someone a range three bonus is great. But would you prefer that over the ability to have a double tapping ion cannon? Well, um, I don't know. Probably no. not. Absolutely I f- not. I f- I feel like the tracks beam or the ion cannon is still the correct choice for IGs, and it makes me sad because I yeah. want to see the IGs do well. 
Yeah. I don't know. Maybe maybe I'm wrong. Maybe these things are great. They're just I worry about what they'll. I worry about the, what they'll point these just because it increases the primary attack of uh, these gunboats as opposed to like being a neat accessory for IGs. I'm super I'm super happy that six can't take them. That's what I'm going to say. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so. Um, all right. Well, you're not any, wrong, Walter. So yeah, <laughs> we've also got these concussion bombs in here, which are kind of crazy. So oh uh, you get three of these, three charges uh, during the system phase. If any of this card's charges are inactive, you must spend one charge to drop one concussion bomb, if able. Otherwise, you may spend one charge to drop one concussion bomb. So basically, once you start dropping these, you never stop uh, until they're gone. Um, and then the actual effect on these is pretty disgusting. So when the bomb itself goes off, it's a zero to one, and um, each ship at range zero to one takes a face down damage card, and then either has to take a strain or flip the damage card. Um, so yeah, that angry seismic charges. Yeah, very angry seismic charges that go under shields. <laughs> when no one else is around, I'm gonna oh, call these oh diarrhea God, bombs. Wait, 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 wait! Oh, holy balls! <laughs> <laughs> I didn't. Sorry, my favorite I, guest ever. I just, I just didn't realize that these things run under shields. Yeah, yeah, they go under shields. So, wow. so your your tie V ones and you can your... you can clip that for free. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so these 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 are really really disgusting against certain ships. Um, oh no! So yeah. <laughs> fun fun fact: these don't actually work as written. Um, because they don't specify a template, um, but I'm sure they'll fix that. So oh, yeah. I'm not too worried about it. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah. So, uh, uh, can we? I think another thing to mention with these that someone else already spotted and mentioned that I was talking to is that if you have the reload action, you don't have to trigger the bomb because you move and then reload immediately, and it still has three active charges. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. That is yeah. That is something you could do with this. And if you drop another bomb, you, you wouldn't drop this bomb. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. Yep. Yeah. And these guys do have a um, a reload link to a calculate action built in. Yeah, that's uh, that's some fun. Wait, yep. uh, you yeah, you can't drop more than one bomb, so that's that's mm-hmm. fine. I was just thinking of if you have to drop it, could you drop another one? And it's fine. FFG, you nope. you got it. You got us this time. That's fine. Yeah. 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 So, so is there anything in this in this pack um, that you think is going to have a a big splash on the meta? If, uh, you know, coming up here. Maybe, maybe. I think we. I. I don't think anyone can predict the impact of these things yet without knowing how yeah. much they cost. Yeah. But I also think that the new um, what is he tech droid Kalani? Mm-hmm. I think you're going to see some very, very grumpy advanced proton torpedo uh, bombers coming right at your face. Yeah. Um, yeah, because Im- imagine three advanced proton torpedo bombers, including DBS-404, oh, uh, and th- three Discord drones. And because you're taking advanced protons, you can probably fit in like a really cheap something to carry Kalani. Mm-hmm. Like, Nah, I I don't consent. It touched yeah. me in the bad place. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that that could be super interesting. And um, I I just think the general maneuver pattern is going to make this like it's going to take a little bit for people to figure it out because it's it's a, it's a new weird thing. Predictable. I, I, 
so so a couple of questions on that on that note if we if you don't mind yeah so someone who knows more about this what are the requirements for the repulsor lift stabilizers upgrade you mean as far as being able to carry it correct um it's just it's just a configuration for this ship so okay i believe um I think this, yeah, it's just it's 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 a configuration slot, and it, and it's restricted to the HMP droid gunship. Okay, and so the question becomes, what would the uh, price have to be for this ship to be broken with this movement pattern? I mean, I don't know. <laughs> I don't considering even it's only a considering well, considering it's only two die attack, right? One green, mm-hmm. uh, eight health. You know if, what? What makes this broken? What price th- point makes this broken? I think if you're allowed to run um, six of them with the cannon, yeah, or six of them with the missiles, that for sure. I don't think they'll be that low That's just fair. because I feel like they're pretty close. I mean, those they're eight health. Um, the health I think means a lot. I, I mm. think it's going to be hard to price these down that cheaply. Yeah, um, I I don't see an issue with with five. Like if you can if you can deal with five X wings, you can deal with this. Yeah, because uh, they only have one of just eight hell. They're they're Y wings, right? Yeah. Um, but yeah, six is a six is often a big turning factor in terms of these. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'd like to see them make sure that you can't get that money in there. Yeah, so stay above thirty three points, please. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. All right. So on to the lat here. Um. So this is, you know, just bringing a new, um, this is another thing too, this is another faction that I don't think really has a good kind of support piece. Um, and so the Republic's kind of gaining a, pretty, uh, a, a more dedicated support ship. Um, i trying to think what else. So there's a, a number of different upgrades in here. The big one, you know, the big splashy one is Yoda, um, the Yoda crew card. Um, so Yoda's ability is, he, first of all, he comes with two force charges uh, recurring and a purple coordinate action. After another friendly ship at range zero to two fully executes a purple maneuver or performs a purple action, you may spend uh, one force. If you do, that ship recovers one force. Um, so I think this is, I mean, price-wise, this is probably going to be pretty damn expensive just because of the two force charges. Um, the ability is interesting. I don't know how how great it is yet. Um, I, I think it's meant more to go with the new Ada 2 that's coming out in two waves from now. I'm there. There are some. My, my view on this is that if you have Yoda on a ship that is hard to catch, and then you have Anakin, then Anakin gets to use the purple evade action for free every turn. Yes, which is concerning. Yeah, it is hard to imagine. Although you it. still have the, you still have the range zero to two leash, but yeah. Oh, is it zero? To, that helps. Yes. that helps a lot. Yeah, and it's not yeah. a lot of crew carriers that are that hard to catch. Yeah, yeah, but that is that is one of the big things with the the Jedi is that nobody you, you almost never see that that photo that uh, evade action used, and um, uh, you know being able to use it in, in Yoda kind of activating that uh, could certainly be be a thing. Um, he's only one crew slot. Obviously, he's tiny, so <laughs> um, he's not like the like Palpatine or something where you have to put him on double crew slots or anything like that either. So um, you can see him. I would. I think it might be really interesting to see like 
um, how she what his point cost ends up being and like whether or not he can fit in like R two D two in the uh, Y wing. Mm. Oh god, yeah, that's that's interesting. Yeah, <laughs> that was like the entire episode two weeks ago. Yeah, right. <laughs> that was about all I could think about. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and I actually kind of kept having that thought with a lot of these crew because because I kind of <sighs> figure R two D two and the Y wing is going to be cheaper than the lat. So like, yeah, twenty nine is a uh, pretty yeah. damn. <laughs> pretty damn affordable for carrying any of these assholes yeah, yeah. i mean it, interestingly enough uh, if we're talking y-wings um just i think what whichever one is cheapest is going to be a great way of getting a torpedo y-wing going yeah like oddball might finally have a use <laughs> <laughs> oh oddball they put uh, them in enough ships they really oh try <laughs> i mean initiative initiative five is like um you saw cavill with han gunner right giving himself a free focus well this is exactly the same principle and then you might have a cool ability to use at some point. Mm-hmm. Maybe never. But I mean, like, Ayla <laughs> Secura seems one that's going to be pretty cheap. Um, yeah. Oh, oh, wait, I take that back. Focus into <laughs> purple coordinate. Oh, boy. Do you want to coordinate in Y-Wing? I oh, think yeah. you do. Yeah, of course you do. <laughs> yeah, I th- I think that's... Uh, I just realized that two of these cards... So, Plukoon has a reinforced don't care but yeah so ayla ayla is going to be the one that you're going to see on a y-wing um mm-hmm. because you're going to have probably an initiative five y-wing um or whatever's cheap enough just running around coordinating things probably with i mean if it was me i'd put an advanced proton torpedo on a ball mm-hmm. um just to have some scare factor and then just go and run in with two jedi and make people cry yeah I mean, the really cool thing about Ayla is that her ability also doesn't spend her force. So yep. you can so you can use her force for that purple coordinate, no problem, and you're still focused. Yeah, it's this this is this is a pretty awesome card. Yeah, she's uh, when I first looked at her, she seemed useless, and then actually, no, you know what? That's that's uh, that's good. Yep. That is the same thing that happened during Destiny. Last thing I'll say about Destiny. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, that is a lie, Joe. So yeah. uh, I'm just going to hold you to that. <laughs> the hell it is. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, so the, the ship itself is really beefy. Um, it's got a uh, two two die um, bullseye or not bullseye um, bow tie arc, um, one evade, uh, eight hull, two shields, and uh, two recurring charges um, for the built-in ship ability. Um, while a friendly ship performs a non-turret attack, if the defender is in your turret. You may spend one charge. If you do, the attacker rerolls up to two attack dice. Mm. Um, yeah. So that's. I think this is the most interesting thing about the whole pack. Yeah, I no, I think the chassis ability is really, really good. Yeah, um, and the the points costing will be will be huge there. Yeah, yeah. Um, that seems really good to for for Jedi in general. Um, just being able to give them some rerolls. I'm uh, I'm really excited to see this with arcs. Yeah. Um, yes, I think, I think with the, arcs is the biggest benefit for sure. The the Jedi are going to be amazing, and you're going to see it as like a support ship with aces, probably mm-hmm. with Ayla crew. Like you have a coordinating, rerolling, nonsense ship. Yeah. Um, but it's going to die super hard. But if if you're flying it with the three one seventies, that's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Um, another one that I think is going to be pretty interesting, just because we've seen how how good and successful the sinker swarms could be um is like warthog here so his ability is after you or a friendly non-limited ship at range zero to two are destroyed during the engagement phase uh that ship is not removed until the end of that phase 
So that means your if you're playing this, if like so in the sinker swarm, you normally had sinker, another ship of some sort. It was generally either an arc or Rick Ali, and then your four mm. um, gold squadrons, uh, torrents. So you put Warthog in there instead of the other um, uh, the other arc, and you've got all of a sudden none of your your initiative two torrents are dying until they get to shoot, um, which I think is pretty pretty good, especially in in this current meta with with these initiative four and antexes running around i don't know that this would be that 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 kind of list could beat an antex but it gives it some sort of game at least you're not um just dying and not getting the shoot you're, you they're getting their shots off yeah for sure so so yeah so i think that's warthog's an interesting one um and let's see what else is in here there's some there's a lot of really cool cards i think suppressive fire um which is one of the gunners that comes in here is going to be one that's going to be used across all of the uh all of the factions mm -hmm. um points dependent but when you perform an attack you may spend one eyeball results if you do the defender gains a deplete token so if you can find say a cheap y-wing i think you're going to see this in scum mm -hmm. um because you can fit a gunner slot on a y-wing or rebels as well um and just have a little cannon wiring just running around going cool you get deplete token and you get deplete token yeah which is kind of fun like if yeah. it's if it's high enough initiative you either get a good shot or you spend an eyeball to reduce incoming yeah i, I could see this being really good yeah on, i think suppressive gun are super interesting i could see it being really good on rebel han um mm. just because you, you know you're getting your rerolls anyways and then you, you you end up with those extra eyeball results and maybe like yeah, a thinner sure. rebel han um it, it, you know this could be a pretty he could be an interesting platform for it but yeah this this guy this thing is i mean because it's just a gunner slot and we haven't had a whole lot of like gunners added that just kind of work across the board so this thing i think could come in handy in a lot of different yeah factors. i think it's a it's a dangerous because there are so many different ships that have a gunner you've got to be really careful with yeah where you price gunners and what, what abilities they have yeah so all right well anything anything major um out of this uh, anything else out of this pack we want to talk about for you know kind of in relation to the current nantex meta uh i nope. think having a coordinate monkey is going to give the jedi an easier job of things mm -hmm. so having something that nantex have to kill quickly might give the say for example you're running this in a two or three jedi list because having a having bullseye jedi that get free coordinates if they're going to bump and just generally get re-rolls out the sides because mm -hmm. of the um because of the I, I i love the fire conversions ability I, I think it's a great little shit uh little add-on yeah but yeah i think as much as i'd love to see this with two um delta seven aces i think the clt aces are going to like this ship a lot yeah yeah i could definitely see r2 with ayla running around just co coordinating mm. jedi that would you know i think that Ooh, would be yeah really good so all right well that's that kind of covers all that stuff um i think dom you had you had something you wanted to talk about here before we we wrapped up and i'll, I'll let you kind of take that away yeah um just a question for ollie um <clears throat> you know obviously we're in an unprecedented sort of epoch of, uh, of X-Wing, you know, I think we all love it, you know, 2.0. We're talking about how it's, it's facing some challenges now with the meta, but obviously we're more importantly facing challenges with, um, you know, organized play and getting together and playing in person. So um, 
just kind of your thoughts, maybe a different perspective since we're all American on, you know, what in-person play is looking like right now, but also more importantly, what it might look like in the future. Um, you know, I know, for example, uh, Stephen and I, both in the last six months in online tournaments, have run into people who have only started playing X-Wing since uh, coronavirus, which is crazy to me, uh, mm. but also very hopeful for the future. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a tough one, right? Because I've, I've also seen there's a lot of people still picking up packs and there's a lot of people that went into lockdown and went, oh, cool, this game looks fun to play on the kitchen table. I, I think what we've got to remember if you have to separate X-Wing tournament play from X-Wing as a game, right? Because the, the vast majority of players who play the X-Wing game around the world are just having fun with beer and peanuts and playing on the table. And that's great. It's good to see those guys playing. Um, I think in terms of competitive, like in the UK and in Europe, we're starting to see people play in person again. Um, obviously, that is going up and down. Uh, as people bounce in and out of local lockdowns and other things. Like I know, I, I don't know really, I've, I've kept at least an eye on the States. Uh, and I know that a lot of people are taking it upon themselves to do things, um, even if the local States aren't. Um, but just, Have you yeah, played just, in person yet? I have. Uh, so I've just, because I'm a school teacher, I've gone back to work. Um, and I have played with my kids if you like not my actual children i don't have children but um yep. the yep. The, <laughs> the the club that i run at school um with the kids because we are back at school anyway um we've managed to get that going and i've, I've had to limit the numbers down to about 10 because that's the amount that i can safely fit in a classroom but with masks with making sure there's only one person at the table at a time hand sanitizing before you start the game, making sure you don't touch your opponent's models. There is there is ways that you can get back to playing person X-Wing, like X-Wing in real life again. Um, and I, I think we will see that coming back on the horizon. I mean, the Italian Nationals happened this weekend with basically the same rule set um, for COVID. So I think as we as we start to see the, the light at the end of the tunnel in terms of pandemic and, and everything else, um, COVID is gonna i mean i'm a science teacher i i deal with this a lot i think covid is probably going to become more of a just a new reality um not as everyone's quarantining on a regular basis but it's just another one of those viruses that comes around a bit like um and is treated almost a bit like cancer and that you have a possibility of dying from it and that sucks um but we are gonna have to get back to life at some point unless like the the obviously i'm hoping there's a vaccine but in terms of x-wing I feel like uh, don't dismay would be my general way of looking at it because it is coming back. Um, I've I've actually seen a lot of places bounce back almost harder than they have before. There are people really excited after not having played properly for a little while. And I'm seeing right, a, real, right, exactly. a, real, a real joy about the game from a lot of people that I ha I've seen that have been a bit grumpy about it for a little while. So there is definitely some hope at the end of the yeah. day. Yeah, I think I have to almost think that Go ahead, Steve. <laughs> I have to almost think that, yeah, I mean, I almost wonder if there will be more people, you know, who are interested in in-person play just because it's been so long, right? You know, just so long interacting with people and, and, and playing in person, you know, that once people feel comfortable, uh, that, that we'll have a lot a, a bigger turnout at some of these in-person events, mm. which, of course, is a double-edged sword, but, you know, take it as you will. Yeah.
Yeah, I, I I really think that kind of coming out of this and, um, you know, and this is, we don't know what's going to happen and how well a vaccine is going to work and, and all these different kinds of, there's a, there's a lot of different factors involved in this, but let, let's imagine a day where we can have a full-blown system open or worlds where everybody can go who wants to go. Um, these are going to, I think that they're going to kind of bounce back as huge, huge events. I think there's a lot of pent up energy, um, obviously just because people have been sitting around, sitting around at their house, they haven't been able to do anything. So just being able to get out and, and do something, um, uh, you know, people having some sort of reinvigoration, um, for the game, I think it's going to be a strong impulse, um, kind of coming out of the gates, um, so to speak, but. Yeah, I think you're going to see it. And I think it's the you guys have hit the most important thing on the head there is what people are comfortable with. Um, obviously everyone has different levels of them being comfortable right now. So uh, as long as you're not forcing anyone into it, I think that's not an issue. And the, the only thing that I might be a bit apprehensive on is FFG themselves wanting to run events because if they could be hold, held responsible in any way for any bad things that come out of this mm -hmm. then they won't want that yeah and they won't want the game to be associated with that so i think if there's any risk on their front they probably won't run events but that's not to say that you can't have local events happening and uh, and everything else so I, I hope to see a return to competitive x-wing soon and uh yeah we'll see how we go yeah i agree i, I think it'll right really i think that's good. one I think that's one interesting aspect of, you know, how does this change things? Of course, you know, in all facets of life, but in X-Wing in particular, right, you know, we've, we have had a big increase in quote-unquote, I mean, not quote-unquote, but, you know, unofficial tournaments, right? You know, online unofficial mm -hmm. tournaments being run, um, which for X-Wing is a pretty big deal. Um, you know, I love the fact that we've had this, you know, great official support um, from FFG for, for, uh, for organized play um but it's really kind of out of the ordinary when you think about um x-wing as compared to other types of competitive play whether that be tabletop or uh card games or you know uh poker or even esports right so i think it's interesting it will be interesting to me to see do we continue to have these uh these unofficial tournaments and do people's attitudes about them change at all yeah i think the the unofficial tournaments um have become well just because there's nothing else but i think you know we've seen it with the the galaxies or and space jams that dion's been putting on um that people are taking them seriously and they're they're treating them you know they're large events i mean we're getting 200 plus players in, in, a, in a lot of these events and um you know, I think it really is uh, pretty cool to see how many people are still playing online and, and kind of keeping the, keeping the game alive uh, throughout this um, this time. And and like you know, and I played in Corellia, and I I, I ran up against this um, this girl from Canada, and it was her first tournament ever, and she had just, she'd only been playing for a couple of months, all you know, purely online. And she, you know, I asked her, I was like, have you even played a game on a table? <laughs> and she's like, yeah, you know, she played one with, a, with her friend that kind of got her into the game. But um, it, it is really, really interesting to see new players coming in right now. It's, I, I think that's a, a pretty cool phenomenon, honestly. It is. And I think, I mean, question for you guys, just before we probably close out, do you see any world where FFG eventually either associates itself with 
some of these i mean god's Squadron would be the obvious one right that yeah associates itself with any of these tournaments or alternative um makes their own platform um for online x-wing instead of having it on the table well my understanding and like this is i don't know the the actual details of this but my understanding is that ffg's license pertains solely to tabletop and Disney. digital is owned by EA. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think the, you know, things like TTS and Vassal kind of cross that gray area. Yep. And I think that I don't think FFG can actually develop their own digital version yeah. if they wanted to. Yeah. So I don't, I mean, unless they kind of go to Disney and like, are like, hey, can we kind of do some sort of revision to the license here where we can do something digitally just for this game um, or just for the existing games that we have? just so that we can keep doing official tournament play. Um, that's kind of the only way I could see it happening, uh, you know, at least from from my perspective at the moment. Yeah, that makes sense, especially with uh, a certain squadrons coming out soon as well. Yeah. Are you planning on getting into squadrons? I want to. Yeah, it looks good. <laughs> I'm curious to see look, how much I'm getting into, into squadrons, but mm-hmm. yeah. It's... Uh, I'm. I've I've been playing Rogue Squadron for many years, so I'm excited. Yeah. Oh yeah. I used to I I used to love Rogue Squadron on the on the N64. That was oh, my, yeah. That was my jam for a long time. <laughs> but um all right. Well, I think we'll we'll wrap it up here and um we'll just give a chance for some shout outs. Um Ollie, do you have any kind of last words or shout outs that you want to give while while you have the opportunity? Um shout out shout out to Marco de Sorcity for almost stopping the run of the Nantex at the Italian nationals um, and to uh, everyone else in the squadron as well, because you're awesome people. All right, Joe or Dom, you guys got uh, anything you want to say? I am living in a bunker. So shout out to the can of beans I had last night. <laughs> Dom. Uh, just a shout out to uh you know as, as far as on unofficial tournaments goes shout out to everyone who's running unofficial tournaments um mm. you know i i think the you know i've talked about this before i i just think the general I, I appreciate the idea that you know maybe we get ffg to run some tournaments or whatever but i think the general attitude of x-wing players and maybe i'll catch some heat from this for the for this of 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 sort of elitism that that only FFG events are real events or, you know, whatever, uh, is just kind of nonsense. Um, yeah. when you look at other games and at other competitive games, um, yeah. And so I think that's awesome. That they're doing that. And I hope that we continue to, to change that, that mentality. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I, I will echo that sentiment. I think it's, um, been, you know, I think it's been great to see the online stuff and how many people have gotten into it and, and um how big it can be and and you know especially especially a huge shout out to dion um for for running those these tournaments that he's been running yes and, and taking that taking dion, that mantle 100%. on um you know even with the little the, the hiccup that happened um at the end of uh conquer dawn um with the way that final match ended and and I, I could tell in his voice and everybody who was commentating that they felt terrible about how that game went and how it ended up but um you know the fact that he's taking on that mantle and doing doing something to to kind of keep premier level competitive X-wing alive is um is great. So, uh, and then I also want to thank Ollie um, for coming on the show. It was uh, great to have you. I know it's kind of getting late over there in your your neck of the woods. So, we will wrap things up here. But I do certainly appreciate it. 
Hey, we're all good. I get to come and Absolutely. come out with nonsense Thank statements you, Ollie. on. Uh... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Holy balls! Yeah, <laughs> that was a great reaction. <laughs> so, um, all right. Well, we'll wrap this it up. This is here. my favorite episode. Yeah. <laughs> And uh, we will we will do our usual salute. So um, I don't know if you're familiar with it, Ollie, but uh, you know, feel free to follow along. You'll uh, catch on pretty quickly. Yeah, you'll catch on quickly. Uh, dials down. Bottoms, bottoms up. up. <laughs> <laughs> bottoms up. Bottoms up.